0: met one of those people that they act like they're thinking they they pretend like they're thinking they might even you know sometimes it's the academic nod their head is down their eyes are closed they've got their fingers on their forehead and if you were asked them they were to say I'm thinking but really they're napping you know for leadership that moment where you think you're thinking but you're not really thinking that's actually the abyss that is like the bottom of the ocean for your leadership it's the place where a lot of great dreams go to die that time when that moment when that commitment to thinking that's not actually thinking because a lot of other things happen when you think that you're thinking but you're not really thinking and that's what i want to talk about today on leading leaders subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith family and freedom I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And I can tell you, over the course of my life, there have been a lot of times that I had that academic nod. Too late at night, too long a weekend, you come into classroom, the teacher's teaching something really boring, and and you just kind of you're dozing off. You, you're listening, but you're not really hearing. You're you're thinking, but you're not really thinking. And that might be an extreme version of the times when you think that you're thinking, but you're not really thinking. Here's here's another time that you might think that you're thinking, but you're really not thinking, and that is when you're going through the motions of your day, you're going through the motions, maybe it's a new creative time, you're supposed to be coming up with a new product or a new way to market the product that you have or a new way to reach your coaching clients or to deliver your message or to reach out to media. All of these are new ideas, so to speak, and yet sometimes you find yourself stuck in the only new idea I have is the one I just did last. I'm all out of new ideas. I'm all out of fresh ideas. So what happens? Well, we tend to fall into the rut of uh, closest memories, right? We, we don't really think about new things. We remember what was most convenient. It happens a lot when we try to accomplish new goals. We set a new goal. We know this is the direction that we're going, but every step along the way, we feel like there's another hindrance. And it's easy sometimes to modify the goal to our current conditions. If If we feel like that goal is a little too far away. Rather than backing off of the action for a moment and spending a little more time thinking, we feel like if we can just go back to what worked, let's go back to what we did before. We'll we'll reinvent what we've already invented. We'll repractice what we've already practiced. Now, it only got us to where we are, and the odds are it's not gonna get us any further down the road, but it did work. So let's go back to what worked. That's not really thinking. That's more recalling. Maybe recalling and reiterating. Um, Some would call it regurgitating, which is to throw up. But that's not what we want. We want something new. We want a new idea. Where do we get those? Well, those come from thinking. And sometimes thinking completely outside the box. A little book I picked up several years ago Is called How Successful People Think by John Maxwell. And I'm just going to share just a little bit from uh, page 32 and 33. He says, uh, and and this is under the heading of How to Discover the Joy of Creative Thinking. Uh, Bullet point number three, he says, develop a creative environment. Quote, Charlie Brower said, a new idea is delicate. It can be killed by a sneer or a yawn. It can be stabbed to death by a quip or worried to death by a frown on the right man's brow. Negative environments kill thousands of great ideas every minute. A creative environment, on the other hand, becomes like a greenhouse where ideas get seeded, sprouted, and flourish. Then he talks about how to create a creative environment for growth. And I like the way he says this. He says, embrace those who are creative. Creative people celebrate the offbeat. How should creative people be treated? I like to take the advice of Tom Peters. Quote, weed out the dullards and nurture the nuts. That's really good advice if you're a leader and you need thinking time. Weed out the dullards and nurture the nuts. Why? Because what he just said previously is very important as well. You may have a new thought and you know like I know, because we both encountered this, you have a new thought, you throw the idea on the table. And there's always that one person who's got to stab it with a negative idea. Immediately, there's the list of all the reasons why it won't work. And maybe some of them are practical or logical, you know, selling ice cream out of a shovel, probably isn't going to sell really well, unless you're in just the right environment. But that doesn't mean we completely destroy the idea until we've thought through it, right? We want to commit some time to thinking if you only listen to the dullards they're going to be the ones with the furrowed brow they're going to be the ones looking at you like you're crazy and no matter what you say it's a bad idea because it wasn't theirs you've got to get rid of the dullards and you've got to nourish the nuts if you're going to have some new ideas and sometimes it means throwing really ridiculous ideas on the table and then letting people say you know if we took idea number one and idea number 77 and we put those together we might have something genius remember When the iPad, the iPod, the iPhone, when those devices were invented, nobody wanted one. The idea came up in an innovative meeting where a bunch of thinkers got together and thought about how could we make it different than it is. And that new thought changed the world. Today, we live with these devices that are a part of our lives because someone decided to think outside the box and the thoughts that they were thinking no one had ever thought before. If everybody in your room is a dullard and they want to stab your idea, or well, let's see, what does he say? It can be killed by a sneer or a yawn, stabbed to death by a quip, and worried to death by a frown on the right man's brow. You don't need that room full of people. Get rid of those dullards and nourish the nuts. He goes on to say, I especially like to pull people into brainstorming sessions. People look forward to such an invitation because they know the time will be filled with energy, ideas, laughter, And the odds are that a new project, a new seminar, a business strategy will result. And when that happens, a party is coming. Why? Because you've got to celebrate these new ideas. It's not enough to have the new ideas. You've got to celebrate these new ideas to give them life. You've just created a new idea. It's a new seed. Give it a greenhouse to grow in. An environment where it's nurtured. An environment where the idea begins to take some root so that it can grow and sprout and bear fruit. The challenge for a lot of leaders is we find ourselves in a place where the people around us, most of them we put in place like, like the foundation of a house or the anchors of a ship or the pillars of a large formation, and the purpose of them is to keep us stable. We surround ourselves with people that won't let us make crazy decisions or spend all the money or hire the wrong people. And, and we do that on purpose. But we also have to realize that as we do that, sometimes we tie ourselves to a tree when it comes to new ideas. We can't get out of our own way because we can't get out of anybody's way. We're tied down. You've got to surround yourself with people also who will let you think, inspire you to think, support your thinking on new ideas. But also remember, and, and if you don't have it, I suggest you get a copy of this little book. It's a tiny little book, but it will really inspire you to take the time to think. John Maxwell talks about the fact that he has a thinking chair in his house. That when he's in that chair, it's not for napping, it's not for sleeping, not, meaning that never happens there, but that chair, that space, that isolated zone is just for thinking. It's for reflecting over everything that happened in the day, every conversation, every new idea that came to mind, and Projecting forward. Visioning. What are we going to do next? What What is our big idea? I had a three-hour meeting yesterday with a client. And in that meeting, we talked about some strategies and some tactics that could be very life-changing for an organization that's already four decades under its belt. But as we talked about some of those ideas, we realized that there's fragments of that idea already in play, but it hasn't been nourished. It hasn't been fortified to be built up to be strong enough to do the thing that we want it to do in the future. And some of that has to do with the finances to do it. But then we also realize that how do you get the finances to do a project that's not underway yet? Huh. Thinking time comes in, right? What we need to do is sit down and work on that five-year plan and say, at its best, this idea looks like this, this, and this. When it's finished. In its fruit fruit bearing age, it will bear fruit that looks like this, this, and this. And therefore, we can now go to investors or donors and say, this is the fruit that we want to bear. Here's the steps we need to get to it. And this is how much money it's going to take to do that. Here's the payoff. What's another word for that? A business plan, right? But it takes thinking time to develop a business plan. It takes thinking time to walk through all the pros and the cons. It takes bringing in a committee of consultants who would say, well, we tried that before and here's what we did wrong. Here's the lesson we learned. Here's how we should do it differently. Those are valuable moments. And yes, you've got to have some people in the building stages who are willing to tell you that your idea is fluff or that it's wrong or that it's got some holes in it so you can patch them up. You don't need them to kill your ideas. You need them to fortify your ideas. But none of that happens if the leader doesn't take time to think. If the leader finds himself every day just simply plodding through and plowing through what's going on, the leader is not going to find the time to think. And I'll tell you, in my life, I find that it's the busyness of life that interrupts thinking. When I've got a speech to write for a presentation to a a team or a a public address, I want to have some isolated time to do that. Unfortunately, because I'm also in the AV business, oftentimes that last few minutes that my brain should be white space uh, gets caught up with the microphones or the sound system or the cameras or the lights. And it's real hard to captivate that thinking time and keep the white space around it so that it can grow. You know, if you've got weeds in your yard, the flowers are going to die. You've got to be able to separate things around them. That's why when you see a really strong flower bed with nice rose bushes or perennials growing, you'll see that all the weeds around them have been pulled out. In fact, there's usually a significant amount of space between each plant so that it has room to grow and space to grow, and it can get all the nutrients it needs from the water and the sun. Your thoughts are exactly the same. And if you don't let those thoughts nourish and grow in a place that they need to, You're going to find that they're going to get choked out. Something else, some distraction, is going to come into your life and cause you not to think. Now, you'll think you're thinking. You'll feel like you're thinking. You might even finish a conversation with your brain hurting because you thought you were thinking, and the other person thought you were thinking too, but it's not new thoughts. It's not new ideas. It's the regurgitation of old ideas. There's some value to that in certain places, but... Thinking new thoughts, thinking further down the road, looking at your vision and your goals and where do they come together? How do I implement these? What changes do I need to make? How do I need to be better? That's the kind of thinking that leaders ought to do on a daily basis. And it's not easy work. You've got to think in both directions. What did we do in the past? Reflection. And what will we do in the future? Envisioning. <clears throat> and then how do we come together? Where are we on this scale from where we were to where we want to go? Then you've also got to do that with other people. Build that greenhouse effect. Gather yourself together with others who want to think and think in a positive way. And then of course, it's always best to have that gratitude when you look back and say, wow, we've come so far and I'm so thankful that we've accomplished what we have, but I'm also thankful that we're going to do more than we have. We're going to change the things that haven't yet been changed. We're going to accomplish the goals that we haven't yet reached. And that gratitude its a whole nother, another level of thinking. It will change the way that you look at all of the aspects of your life and it will change, believe it or not, the thoughts that you think. Final note, Uh, in his book, Success Principles, Jack Canfield talks about the 37-second genius. Now, this is critical to thinking as a leader. The 37-second genius, Jack says, is that notion that comes to mind, usually while you're in the middle of something else. It's, It's a thought that is a juxtaposition of where you are, what's going on, the current environment, and a new thought. Now, the challenge is, That 37 second genius is called that because that's about how long it takes for the brain to take this new idea, this new thought and either cultivate it so that that seed gets planted deep in the ground and it can bear roots and and start to grow or to completely be lost. 37 seconds. In fact, Dr. Caroline Leaf in her presentations shows a video of a new protein, a new thought that shows up on an MRI and it will kind of float around and it'll either take roots as a a nasty looking horrible tree that's all filled with toxic thinking and then bad chemical juju in your body or it's a positive tree and it's a new thought every second that just explodes off of this tree and it will grow into something very healthy but she said if that thought is simply ignored at 37 seconds you'll see that little protein ball just pop the little pink fluffy ball just explodes like a bubble in the air. Now, that new thought, that new idea has a biological lifespan of about 37 seconds. That new idea that comes into your life because of the juxtaposition of your environment and your conversation, what you're seeing, what you're hearing, what you're thinking, all five senses involved, when that new thought comes in, it lasts about 37 seconds. So the recommendation is, when you have that new thought, Now, let me also tell you something about this thought. The likelihood that you'll be back at that juxtaposition of all five senses and everything around you, all that you're seeing and hearing at another time in life is really slim. That juxtaposition for some people is a once in a lifetime moment. That 37 seconds of genius has turned into billions of dollars, huge opportunities, life-changing devices, life-saving devices over that 37 seconds. But if you don't leave yourself the white space to think, and you don't have a committed practice to taking those thoughts, holding on to them long enough to let them take root, and then flourishing them like a greenhouse so they have a place to grow, then you're going to lose them. And the likelihood you'll ever come back to them? Very, very slim. If you find yourself regularly having thoughts like that, that's a good thing. But don't let them get away. I don't care if you have to grab your device and take notes with your thumbs, or if you just have to open your voice recorder and say something to your device, or if you have a trusted friend that you can share these new ideas with and they don't think you're nuts and they don't steal them, then send a text message for heaven's sake. But somehow, somewhere, in a journal, in a notebook, on the side of a a Dixie cup, I don't care, write down that thought because in 37 seconds, it's going to go away. And if it never comes back again, you might give up a million dollars. Leaders find themselves in an abyss of new strategies, new ideas, and a surviving business. They find themselves at the bottom of the ocean looking up when they don't take time to think. Take time to think. Take time to think in an isolated environment. Take time to share those ideas in a controlled environment of creative people who are not the dullards, but maybe they're the nuts. And let your ideas flourish. Something new is going to be born from it. But no time to think? That's going to put you in the abyss of leadership. You'll be lost to the bottom of the ocean like the Titanic and many other ships in the Bermuda Triangle. Take time to think. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day.